The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity in World Religions is a book by longtime Unity minister Paul John Roach that connects the dots between Unity teachings and the tenets of the world's religions. Get your copy today at unity.org slash worldreligions. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. So welcome everyone and welcome to everyone to Facebook Live as well as all of you that are listening as a later download. We're just so glad that you're here and boy do we have a show we're going to download for you today. That's what I'm saying. And I I love this show because I I love talking about the intentional spirit and I, I love making the distinction of people who have good intentions versus people who are intentional that remain committed in, in good times and better times. Uh, when challenges are going on around them, they grow bigger energetically versus uh, diminishing themselves in, in any way. And you ask yourself this week, you, you take time to realize, what have I been intentional about? Have I been intentional towards the things I want in my life or have I been intentional about the things I don't want in my life? Because both of them are growing. <laughs> The question is, what are you focusing on, and how is it growing in your world, and is it who you really are wanting to be, the remembering of who you are? And speaking of remembering, we have two great guests today, Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick. They have the new book, Remembering the Light Within. It's a course in soul-centered living. Wow. I love that. Ron and Mary, the doctors are We're not hearing you. We are live on the air. Can you hear me? Now I can. Yes, now we're hearing you, Temple. Well, there you go. We, I guess we were both, we were all needing to pause and remember the light. And remember, ultimately, regardless of technology or anything else, who's in charge? <laughs> not us, right? Not us. So That's right. Yeah, so thank you for writing this book, Remembering the Light Within. And I love that tagline, A Course in Soul-Centered Living. Tell us about your path, how you, how you both, um, you know, shape-shifted to be who you are as intentional spirits, how you came together, um, the work you're destined to do now. Don't spare us anything. Well, the for me, I started out uh, as a young guy, uh, very interested in extraterrestrials and ESP and all of that kind of thing because I was more of a scientist type. Um, and then I found my way just gravitating toward more spiritual things. Uh, back then, the work of Ram Dass was very important. The autobiography of a yogi was very was very important. And uh, I finally met um, a woman who turned out to be my teacher for over five years, and she just really opened me up to the inner worlds and to the place. Uh, I can't say that spirit plays in my life. It's more of the place I play in spirit's life. And for myself, as a child, I always had interest in the deeper questions about who am I and why am I here. I pondered those at a very, very early age. And also I was very interested in people, in the inner workings of consciousness. And I found that even when I was very young, People were drawn to me to talk with me about their challenges, about their issues, 
And I learned how to be a heart-centered listener pretty much from the the get-go. And given my interests and inclinations, I went to graduate school. I became licensed as a psychologist and as a marriage family therapist. But I think things really began to move for me spiritually when I met Ron in 1974 uh, when I was living in New Mexico. I had... Uh, just started a teaching position at the uh, at New Mexico State University, and one evening Ron came to my classroom door and introduced himself, saying he was a doctoral student in the program he would be starting in another uh, few months, and he wanted to sit in on my class. And I must say that I, on an inner level, recognized him, and I became somewhat rattled. It was um, very unsettling, and I said to him, well, why would you want to do that? And he looked at me kind of strangely, which was an appropriate thing to do. And, um, and of course, I regained my composure, and I said, well, fine, you know, have a seat in the back, and you're welcome to observe the class. And I didn't see him again probably for another three months, but somehow having that meeting, that encounter, I had the sense he was going to be very important in my life, but I didn't know how. And that was probably about 40 years ago, and um, we... uh, Have been going at it ever since. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting ready to say you've been in each other's classroom ever since. and learning from each other and 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 the expansiveness of life and and everything else what a what a great um love story that's really beautiful and i'm glad you took the time to share it and those deeper questions right i love the word question because it it says quest i own you know i'm on this quest and i (laughs) When you were saying as a little child, uh, Mary, that you were, you know, who am I? What is all this about? (laughs) I do that even today. (laughs) Yes, well, I think those are the perennial questions. I encourage others to to do the same. Like, it would be such a a, a more unique world if everybody would still continue to say, who am I? And why am I here? Because the who I am are the who I used to be. Um, in my 20s and 30s, is, is, is the core is somewhat still solid, but the emerging self has changed a lot, you know, since then, as I'm, I'm sure it has for you, too. What Absolutely. made you two decide that you were going to step out and, and become authors? It's just from the years of stories that you have witnessed, or did you have a, an epiphany or a defining moment? Well, even as a tiny little child, I wanted to write a book. I can remember being in first grade, and we were given some kind of writing assignment, and I can remember going up to the teacher's desk, and I was saying to her, you know, I'm to write a book, but I really don't know how. And I must say, she was such a compassionate woman. She said to me, well, you know, by the time comes for you to write the book, you will know how. When the time comes, you will have the inner awareness and knowing how to do it. And that was very reassuring to me because I I can tell you for sure at six years old, I had no clear idea of what the content or focus or methodology of writing a book would be. But Ron, maybe you can share your dream about um, the inspiration that came for loyalty. Well, loyalty to your soul was our first book, and I had a dream where my uh, spiritual teacher, who is a gentleman by the name of John Roger, gave me a book, and the title on the book, <coughs> excuse me, was very clear, Loyalties, and so uh, we were having a meeting with him not too long after that, and I told him about that dream, and he just looked at me, and he said, that wasn't a dream, <laughs> And so I started writing the book, which then became Loyalty to Your Soul. And, of course, Mary and I both authored that one. That was really our our first book. So, um, you know, it just these books seem to be something that we write because they they assist others who are on this journey 
into what we refer to as awakening, but remembering is just as good a word. And the the remembering book really started as an offshoot of an online program that we began. And when the program was complete, it was an eight-week course. I said to our director of online education, I'd like to reach more people. And as she and I were talking, we got this idea to create an online offering called 33 Days of Awakening. And uh, Ron and I have been friends of Ariana Huffington, who was still with the Huffington Post at that time. And we were talking with her, just catching each other up. And she heard about this program we had created called 33 Days of Awakening. And she said that she would love to offer it to her readership, a segment of her readers, which she did. And over 20,000 people responded, signed up for the course, and from 138 countries. And when that was all over, I, I, Ron and I were talking, I said, this could really be made into a book. Absolutely. But, Share it yeah. with as many people as you, as you yeah. possibly can. Just like you're doing right now on Facebook Live, I want to encourage people to, you know, ask if you have questions for Ron and Mary Holmeck um, while we have them uh, live here. With us, and uh, I always like to give out a shout out to Elizabeth from Norway. We love having you at this every week, and just continue to uh, ask those questions so we can uh, mention it while we are here on Facebook. Um, very powerful. Um, what did the first book? Um, would you say the? Did you say it was authoring your soul? Loyal loyalty to your soul. In other Loyal- words. To your soul. So that's kind of the same thing, just spoken different, isn't it? <laughs> yes, loyalty to your soul. What, what would you say that, that writing that book it taught you? And then what did it offer you? Or, you know, having written three books myself, I know that, you know, I really tell, step into a whole different place of, of seeing that consciousness in, in written form. Did it change you at all? Well, what it really what it what it did was um, put into a format that made something that for a lot of people is very challenging to understand, and that is the notion that we're living in two very different worlds at the same time: the physical world and the and the spiritual world, and how to bring those together, uh, how to make them collaborative, how to make them cooperative, how to use one to serve the other. Uh, just getting all that down on paper was a very clarifying process, especially for us. And I, I feel for me that it just really helped me more fully integrate the principles and practices of spiritual psychology, the real basic nuts and bolts of the work that we teach. And through the writing you know, it's like they say, you teach what you need to learn. And I think we write about the things that we have learned and that we are learning. And uh, I love writing. I find it a very uh, inspiring process, a very intentional process. And that to go into a place in consciousness where I feel spirit's guidance and inspiration in terms of not only what to write, but how to write it, and even more important, the energy that the words are going to ride upon. Because to me, writing the remembering book, it's like my intention was, I want this book to touch people in their hearts. I want it to inspire them. I want them to feel a resonance with the information, with the experiences that we share, and also that they have practical tools at the end of every chapter that they can utilize that can assist them in their everyday lives. And the Remembering Book is really written as uh, 26 chapters, and we call it A Course in Soul-Centered Living because if the readers choose to temple, they can read one chapter a week, and then for a period of a week or two, they can work with the practice at the end of the chapter so that they can experiment with it and find out how it works for them in their everyday life and then go on to the next one. And part of what we're encouraging people to do 
is to get together with a, a, group, a small group of friends uh, so that they have support for not only reading conversation about the book, but for sharing their experiences about how the practices are working for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so much more valuable to do that when you're sharing those ideas with other people. You're mirroring back some of those ideas. Um, you're also um, in relationship with one another. I, I know that many times through groups I've participated in through the years that, you know, often you might be thinking something intellectually about your story or you might even be hesitant to share it, but somebody across the room will start talking about something that's happened to them that can be very similar. And you just have this whole moment because you're watching your life, you know, as spoken by them. So I love how you've designed it because you're you're not just saying this is a great book and, you know, you'll have some, you know, aha moments and good for you. You're actually talking about how a person can develop a, a deeper and a, a greater greater practice. Uh, for those of you that are tuning in, you can also go to ronandmaryholnick.com. That's ronandmaryholnick.com. And you can uh, check out the various courses that they uh, offer and the various things because they're always um, doing different things, which is, is really, really great. And um, really appreciate that so much. So, um, Let's talk about a, a chapter or two. You know what? I'm, I'm sure they're all your favorites, but let's go on a journey with a couple of them and, and give all of our listeners somewhat of an idea of, of what, how you're going to tease them or what, what is in there. Uh, that would be the reason they would want to participate. Well, I, 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 you know, all of these chapters I just love, but one of the ones that I think is the um, the linchpin is learning how to reframe issues as blessings. And I think this is a byproduct of moving into the spiritual context. And in spiritual psychology, we have 33 principles. And the one that, from my point of view, opens the doorway to the spiritual context is the principle that we are divine beings having and using uh, um, a human experience. A human experience for our awakening. And and when we enter the spiritual context, it's like it's a radical shift in perception. And the, the understanding that everything that happens to us is ultimately for us, that it's not against us, that it's not a punishment, that it doesn't mean we're unworthy and undeserving, but rather it is a God-given opportunity to roll up our sleeves, to heal the unresolved issues within our consciousness, to let go of judging ourselves, judging the world, judging other people, experiencing ourselves as victims, and coming into the compassion, the acceptance, and the authentic empowerment that reside in our essential nature, which is loving. And we can see the challenges that we experience as opportunities really to awaken, to become more conscious, and to live our lives more in harmony with the love that we are. One of the, <clears throat> one of the things that we uh, start out with people at the beginning is that we live in a world, we, the way we talk about it is, that we have gone into a theater and we've gotten lost in the movie. And what we mean by that is that we're here in this theater called Earth and we have all these things going on out there in the world. And we believe that the things going on out there in the world are what determine the experiences that we have. But if we think about it for just a minute, we find that when we're experiencing anything at any time, we're not experiencing it out there. The experience itself is happening inside of our consciousness. So one of the prevalent things that people are dealing with these days, because they're confused on that point, 
they go, I am upset because, or I am happy because, and they attribute their inner state to that which is going on in their world out there. Right, yes. But if we stop for a minute and we say, well, wait a minute, if the experience is going on inside, might I have a lot more dominion over that experience than what I think I have? And when you start thinking that way, it changes everything because this is where things like mindfulness come into play, uh, all of that kind of stuff. What can we do inside? And the thing that we have found, and this is really the very basic part of, uh, of this work, is we can let go of our judgments having to do with our made-up conceptions of the distinction between right and wrong. We can, we can surrender all of that and just deal with what is in the best way that we know how. Because once we start uh, realizing that the judgments are the things that we hold inside that inform the suffering that we, that we have, we can let go of that suffering by letting go of the judgments. And then we just deal with life as it is. We just wrote, I love that, I love that um, Ron. And I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I mean, I, I love the practicality. I love the profoundness. Of, of what you're you're saying, it, it, it does have that element of profoundness, and it also at the same time has that element of practical, and and what I call the good spiritual common sense. And to give an example of that, you know, so it moves from theory to practice. You know, when you're talking this way, I mean, I I love what you're saying, and I, I just want to bring it to a place of of everyday relatability. We have a lot of people right now that are affirming over and over and over again that our country is divided, you know, and they're upset about it and they're angry and, you know, whatever. But the the deeper part of that with what you're saying is that that external and that internal world is that how is your country within you divided? You know, how, how are you divided within yourself? And those are the areas that you're talking about that you start tuning into, and it it makes such a big difference because what you affirm about the world is what you see, and you also see at the same time the world in which you have been affirming, and so it's it's bringing that together. So I I love that. Give us another example, um, and and then in a moment I want to get to a question with one of our our Facebook live streamers. Well, let's, another let's, example of that. let's take the election because that's big for a lot of people. We just uh-huh. recently uh, wrote a blog uh, called "Are You Suffering from Traumatic Post-Election Distress?" Uh-huh. And a, a lot of people are, and the people who are who are having that suffering uh, don't seem to realize that they hold an idea in their minds about the way things should be. And exactly. that idea got violated. Yes. That idea got violated. Whenever something that we hold dear gets violated, we will suffer accordingly. And when we are doing that, very often the first thing that people do is they get angry and they get upset and then they start lashing out and they start uh uh, becoming angry and they start, be, you know, and all of those kinds of reactions. Yes. The opposite, the the other approach, the one that we would that we would subscribe to in spiritual psychology, is we would say all that has happened is that something that happened called an election, you have allowed to disturb your peace because of certain ideas and judgments that you have about the way things should be. If you start looking at it that way, then you start thinking in terms of, well, is there some way I can heal that judgment inside myself? Can I let it go? When I let it go and I'm successful, I stop suffering. It doesn't mean I don't have to march. It doesn't mean I can't hold up signs. What it means is you don't do it from an angry place. You can do it from a loving place. Because if you do it from an angry place, all you are really succeeding in doing 
is adding even more anger to the sum total of anger that you say that you don't like. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, I I like to think of it often as, um, you know, barking at the barking dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, it's like I, I walk my dog and, you know, he's just full of himself. He's a Leo, uh, literally. And, you know, he's just full of himself. And, I mean, he owns the neighborhood. He owns the road, you know, in his mind. And, you know, often when I'm walking him, and there's a dog somewhere else, and he just takes off to town barking. And sometimes people that walk with me, my my partner or a friend, they start barking at him. Stop and quit and stop. You know, so we have now two barkers. <laughs> That's right. And I said, you know, first of all, it's your paradigm because you call it a word called barking when he's really talking. He's trying to say, here I come, and I'm groomed, and I'm looking good. So I'm forewarning you so you can handle all this presence because pretty soon I'm going to be right in your energy field and you're going to be in mine and I need you to know I'm all that, you know. But I, I think that those, there's a lot of wisdom in that because we, we, we think we're diminishing a situation by joining at the level that the situation is at when really we feed it fuel and keep it more alive, don't you think? That, that's right. You know, the first law of spirit is acceptance, and acceptance means to accept what is. It doesn't yes. mean you agree with it, and it's certainly acceptance is not resignation. And what follows from acceptance is cooperation, which means to work with what is. How can we work with the situations uh, that present themselves, the election and the outcomes of it being a case in point? And the thing of it is, when we look through judgmental eyes, we don't see clearly. But when we're in a place of peace and acceptance inside, then there is clarity. And often we'll see ways that we can make a contribution, that we can make a positive difference without entering into negativity. And the thing of it is, it is human to be upset. And so a lot of the principles and practices that we teach are designed to help people release upset. One of them that we present in the book is something called writing and burning, that if you feel out of balance, you feel in judgment or angry or hurt about something, go to a private place and take out a piece of paper and begin just writing your feelings about it, just whatever comes forward. It doesn't have to be complete sentences. It doesn't have to make sense. And just write until that negativity exhausts itself. And sometimes what people have experienced, and I've certainly experienced this myself, at a certain point when the anger or the hurt or the negativity has been expressed and dissipated, then something of a higher inspirational nature or perhaps a bit of poetry uh, or some beautiful thought will come through. And uh, another tool that we teach really is the, the tool of compassionate self-forgiveness, of letting go of the, of the judgments, of forgiving myself for having entered into judgment because it is the judgment that creates that horrible feeling of separation and suffering inside. Absolutely. I, I, I love that. That's a very powerful. If you're just coming on with us, I'm talking with the authors, Dr. Ron and Mary Holnick, and you can go to their website, ronandmaryholnick.com, read about their books and various things that they offer and their, their courses so that you can continue to stay in touch with them. Really appreciate you joining us here on Unity Online Radio. We truly are a voice for awakening world and I want to thank all of you. It's because of you that we are reaching people all over the world. A couple of weeks ago, we reached 17,000 people. And I am so grateful for all of you because you're helping support and move this work forward. Uh, join me on templehaze.com or firstunity.org. Or always feel free to let me know uh, through the contact page, uh, guests and different people that you would like to experience. 
We'll be right back after this short break, and I'll introduce you to the barking dog because he's actually here at the studio <laughs> <with> me today. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thank you, everyone, for being with us, and we'll get to um, one of the questions um, out there in the audience. Thank you. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Someone once said there are two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. Climb the tree or plant an acorn and wait. If we expect changes to happen in our lives, we may want to consider climbing. Plus, changes needn't be monumental. Sometimes it's as easy as an attitude shift. Life is what we bring to it. Do you have a job that seems less than exciting? When you walk through the door, bring joy with you. Life looks better when viewed through a positive attitude. Are you facing a health challenge or surgery? Get rid of your fears by focusing instead on spirit working in and through you. When you remember that with God all things are possible, your outlook cannot help but change. Today, wherever you go, whatever you face, do so with joyous expectations. Release your inner splendor and allow the light and love of God to guide your way. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Give it a test run with our 30-day free trial offer. Learn more at unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for being with us today. And yes, have barking with us. And he says to say, if anything... Letting you on your soul journey, walk it off. Right? And every now and then you need to walk just a little bit. That's some wisdom from Miss Bridger. I'm so glad to have with us the authors, Drs. Ron and Mary Holman on the show. And they are authors of the recent book, Remembering the Life in a Course in Soul Center. There was a question that came out um, from the field, uh, Ron and Mary. Um, a young woman wanted to know, how does your work impact people with um, mental health-related issues? And keep those questions coming, everyone. We will get to them. You know, all uh, illness, physical illness in particular, uh, depends upon which reality you look at it from. There's the physical reality and then there's the spiritual reality. From the physical reality, of course, the whole um, medical world is devoted to alleviating the physical suffering as best as it can. Yes. So we want to certainly do everything that we know how to do, which will seem to be uh, positive for our physical health and well-being. 
from the spiritual perspective, we want to ask a, a very much of a different question. And the question that we might uh, that would profit us the most from our perspective is how is this illness being experienced by me and how am I using it for my spiritual awakening and upliftment? If I spend my day uh, feeling sorry for myself, if I, fend, if I spend my day uh, uh, being uh, unhappy about it and all of those things, it's been shown that those kinds of experiences actually have a negative effect on physical health and well-being. If I ask myself the question um, from a spiritual perspective, Lord, how is this illness serving me? What are the opportunities that I have that this is bringing to me that I can utilize in order to grow spiritually? So, for example... One opportunity might be, uh, how can I maintain a positive attitude? I don't really know in what way this that I'm experiencing is serving me. But if I'm of the belief that everything serves spiritual dimension or spiritual awakening, how can I use this physical condition to assist myself in awakening spiritually. Maybe what one of the things I want to do is engage in more prayer. Maybe yes. one of the things I want to do is ask people to send me loving thoughts. Uh, there, are, there are just so many different possibilities because we never know just what the spiritual opportunity is in any particular physical condition. Uh, I had an experience one time with my first uh, teacher where we were walking toward a hospital and there was uh, a woman wheeling a young man in a wheelchair coming toward us. And I looked at him and I went, oh, wow, this is, I don't, you know, this, this is not good. Uh, one of these people who was very, I guess he was probably about 16, 17, 18, I don't know, uh, just curled up in the chair and uh, just having spasms and obviously not very present in what was going on. And as they passed us, my teacher, who was very clairvoyant, said to me, uh, she said, Ron, you know, there's really no need for you to feel sorry for that young man. She was, feel she was uh, perceiving that's where I was in consciousness. And then she said the most extraordinary thing. She said, this that he is experiencing is the very last thing that he needs to experience in his journey on earth before he graduates from the earth school. He will have learned everything there is to learn here. Mm -hmm. This is his last time here, and he knows it, and he is ecstatic. So you really don't need to feel sorry for him at all. He is one very happy young man. So how you want to... how. What we say at USM is how you relate to the issue is the issue. So how you relate to the illness is is the is how you relate to the illness is the issue. And even to call it an illness, uh, how you how you relate to the situation or the circumstance is really the most important issue from the spiritual perspective. And it may have a very positive effect on the illness itself. And what I would add to that, Temple, is that there are sometimes people have uh, experiences that are very mystical in nature, and what they're going through is more a process of spiritual awakening or spiritual emergence rather than a psychotic episode. But very often the people around them don't know how to relate to them. They don't know how to speak about their experiences. I remember a very well-known artist whose work we collected. Um, we met in his gallery in Santa Fe quite a number of years ago now. He's passed on since. But his his paintings were very mystical. They were just really extraordinary. And he shared with us that as a young man, 
he was actually hospitalized in a mental institution, a mental hospital, and uh, because of the visions he was having, and he would talk with people about them. And he was very fortunate in that a psychiatrist who came to work with him recognized that he was not mentally ill, that he was actually spiritually inspired. And the psychiatrist coached the uh, young man to stop talking about his visions and that he would be released from the hospital. And so he followed the psychiatrist's guidance. He was released from the hospital, and he became a world-renowned, highly, highly successful and sought-after artist. So there are, there are those kinds of incidents where it's like uh, traditional psychiatry may not be prepared to distinguish between someone who is truly mentally ill and someone who's having an experience that is more of a spiritual uh, emergence. And uh, certainly, as a licensed psychologist, I recognize there are times when medication is necessary, when somebody needs inpatient care for a period of time because of the internal difficulties that they're having. So these kinds of things are very, very individual. Absolutely, and I'm so glad you said that because it's such a such a broad, you know, subject, and um, and, and many different avenues, and and depending on the severity or the diagnosis or you know the the process. Um, and thank you for that. Let Let's go to another uh, chapter in your book that you talk about in remembering the light within. Yes, did you have one in particular that you wanted to us to respond to, Temple? No, whichever one you feel intuitively that you want to talk about. We have time for one more. and um, I mean, this is the kind of thing we could talk about um, several shows. But, yeah, one that just speaks to you right now. Well, I think one of the very, very powerful chapters is called The Mother of All Choices. And it's really about personal responsibility and personal responsibility, not as burden or obligation, but our ability to make choices and perhaps most profoundly to take responsibility for our emotional reactions inside ourselves. From the outside-in model, we think that outer events, the things that other people do or don't do, say or don't say, cause our emotional responses, but actually that's not accurate. Our, our emotional responses are really physiological responses to our thoughts and our beliefs. And so if somebody says something to me that violates a belief or a, a definition of reality that I have inside myself, I'll feel upset. And I'll feel upset because of what they said or did. And this is actually a misunderstanding of how, uh, how our own internal process works. In psychology, that dynamic is referred to as projection. So anything that's disturbing, uh, that is an internal disturbance, we, our ego can't stand the thought of of being blamed for anything because it, it's, it's king. It sees itself that way. And so what it does is uh, it sees it going on outside and then it points to that which is going on outside and says, that is the cause of why I am feeling this way. That's a complete and total victim position, which unfortunately uh, most people in the world seem to be uh, dealing with at this point in time. Our position is take responsibility for the disturbance regardless of what happened outside and heal it because where you will heal it is inside. And we have, we have found that that process that does that, Mary referred to it earlier, it's compassionate self-forgiveness. I forgive myself for believing in that judgment in the first place. And as soon as I do that, as soon as I truly let it go, an amazing thing happens. That thing that used to disturb our peace out there no longer does. It happens, and I just simply 
deal with it, but now I can deal with it from a place of love rather than a place of disturbance. And part love of that, I, I like to highlight it to say it's, it's the difference between um, my way um, or the highway. Uh, that's an old saying, you know, and the termination, like you're saying, of, of too much ego is to do it my way, where there's actually a higher way, um, yes. a, a more pertinent way that's wanting to emerge if we if we let it. But if we're standing at the door, kicking the door, you know, with that level of determination, we we often can't see the the spiritual relocation that our that our soul is wanting to take us on. That's I love well said, Temple. That's wonderful. I love that. That's uh, good for you because it, it's such a key thing. Of it, It's that path of resistance, isn't it, versus the path of least resistance. Well, and, you know, it's learning to, we can see the world through ego center eyes, which are the eyes of the duality, the eyes of judgment, the eyes of right or wrong, or we can learn to see with the eyes of our heart and to see compassionately, to see with the eyes of love, and those are softer eyes, gentler eyes, and we can learn to be with ourselves in just a kinder, gentler, more encouraging, more supportive way. I love that, and I love that you call it compassionate forgiveness because... um, you know, it, it just seems that we will not ever be able to treat anyone better than we, we treat ourselves, right? It's, that's that's, right. The, that's it's, that old uh, saying that often is so skipped, um, definitely in Scripture, love thy neighbor um, as yourself. There's a, there's, a, there's a huge element in that. Um, and the more we can do that, it's it's what's happening now right is that we're we are remembering the light within you know of your book we're we're remembering the light within we're remembering that there really aren't any divisions except the ones that we have decided there doesn't have to be a physical wall for there to be a wall between people and to yes. be a wall between the labels right um it, it seems pronunciated to talk about such things but at the end of the day uh, the inner walls are more disturbing than the external walls, ultimately, as far as what it's going to require for us to all see our inner connection and to bring forth this peace on earth. Well, what would be a, a I know, I can't believe our, our time is already passing. <laughs> what would be uh, one of your closing thoughts that you would like to offer? Are you uh, Do you have any kind of special right now? Are you doing a program? Uh, we can definitely get people to go to Mary and Ron and Mary Holnick.com. That's Ron and Mary H U L N I dot com. Anything else, Ron and Mary? You wanna yes, you wanna say thing. you love birds that met in nineteen seventy four in a classroom? <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh, what one thing I'd like to share with the audience is that we have another website, University of Santa Monica edu. And if they would like to sample this work, not only could they read the book, but they could choose to come to our Loyalty to Your Soul weekend workshop that we're going to offer in August, which is a great opportunity for people to sample this work. And we actually have people come from all around the country and all around the world to take classes at the university. Um, And we just feel very blessed and very privileged to have had this opportunity to speak with you and your audience and also to work with people to support people in waking up into the awareness of who they truly are and living their life from inside that awareness because it changes everything. And we have witnessed this with the students that we have worked with for the last 35 years and it is really beautiful to see when people do their inner work how their way of being changes and their way of living is transformed. And their world transforms. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for um, reminding all of us about the light within today. It's been a pleasure to have you on our show. I want to thank all of you for tuning in from all over the world. We really appreciate you being here, and thank you for 
um, sponsoring the show. I mean, sometimes some of you are here in the afternoon, some of you are here in the in the middle of the morning, and I just appreciate your intentional commitment to be with us. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, know that the truth and everything that you see is what you see inside yourself. God bless all of you on this amazing journey that we call life. Thank you so much, Ron and Mary. God bless you on all your work and that you're doing. We appreciate you. Thank you, you. Thank Thank you, you so much. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. the saying a good deed is its own reward well moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward it will also reward you with vibrant health boundless energy an easy way to keep your weight where you want it and according to yogis and unity's co-founder charles fillmore even give a boost to your spiritual life On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. The more we learn about life, the more we realize life never stands still. Life is in a constant state of growth and change. In our individual lives, we may resent change or even resist it. We often forget that our resistance doesn't stop life from changing. Our resistance keeps us locked into a negative mindset and blocks our acceptance and enjoyment of life's constant diversity and variety. Learn to recognize change as a stepping stone to greater growth and good. Meet life's changing conditions with courage and optimism. Changing your thoughts helps you change your actions and can result in positive changes in you and the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Are you ready? Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles 
Living the love, walking the talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.